All right. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over. First of all, turn over to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. Just, just find Genesis chapter 12. It's way on the left side. It's way at the beginning. If you didn't know, that's okay. And just hold your finger there in Genesis 12 and then turn over to Galatians chapter 3. We'll read this one first and then we'll read the verse in Genesis. We're going to go from Genesis to Galatians in 27 and a half minutes. You guys ready? It's going to be pretty quick. All right. Galatians chapter 3, are you there? Let's stand together. Do you guys mind that? Let's stand together. It's okay to acknowledge the word of God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8 says, And scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all nations shall be blessed. And Paul here is quoting Genesis chapter 12. So turn back over to Genesis chapter 12. And we'll read verse 2 and 3. This is the promise from God, the, the, the um, covenant that God makes with Abraham that Paul just referenced. That Paul calls the gospel. It's very interesting. Paul calls this statement right here the gospel. Genesis 12, 2 and 3 says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and all, and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's pray. Father, as we just sang a moment ago, you don't owe us the honor of your presence, but you are so willing and desire to come and spend time with us. And God, how we appreciate that. We acknowledge your presence here this morning. We acknowledge you. And we invite you to come and to teach us. God, to, to turn our hearts, to stir our hearts that we would understand the gospel. That we are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. We love you so much and we give you all the glory for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. In the city of La Ceiba, Honduras, the third largest city in the nation of Honduras, there are two public hospitals. One is called the Hospital Atlantida. It is the larger, nicer hospital. And then there is a much older hospital that looks less like a hospital and more like an ancient dungeon. It's an old brick building. They're, they do not have electricity in most of the building. There's certainly no air conditioning in any part of the building. This is, these are the two hospitals that if you don't have the money for a private doctor, you end up at one of these two public facilities. And if it's really a bad day and you're really in a bad situation, you end up at this older hospital. They are only open for about six hours through the course of the day. They open very early in the morning. And then around midday, as the sun is very high and it's very hot, they just shut the whole thing down and send everybody home, whether you have received care yet or not. They are very understaffed at this facility and have very little medicine to dispense, not much more than a few bottles of aspirin on most days. Well, my co-founder at Connect Global, Javier Mendoza, was visiting this older hospital one day back in 2015. 
he and his wife and, and his daughter were living there in Honduras for the year to work on cultivating relationships as we were beginning to call out missionaries from Honduras to send to other nations. And he spent the day visiting this hospital. When he was done, he was leaving through the front courtyard. As he was leaving, there was a, a brick uh, uh, kind of an elevation with a concrete sidewalk on top of it. And in front of this brick and concrete sidewalk was a grassy area, and the grass was very dirty. It was full of, of, of bandages and even used needles and just various medical supplies that had been left as trash right in the middle of this grassy area. And there was about 40 or 50 people standing along the sidewalk, raised up kind of like this platform is. And as Javier walked through the crowd on his way out of the hospital, a man began to yell at him, Doctor, doctor, please come and help us. Ayúdame, ayúdame, doctor. Javier was not a doctor, but willing to help, he, he ran to the man. And the man was standing over a lady who was laying in the grass amongst all of this trash. And she's thrashing about back and forth, side to side. She's in a full seizure. Javier goes to the woman and he... And he looks at her, begins to pray for her. What else can he do? He has no idea what to do. The man who was calling for help had no idea what to do. The people are, are all standing around, kind of, kind of watching the show that's going on, until finally a doctor actually came out into the courtyard. Javier runs to the doctor, and he says, Doctor, we have this woman. Can, can you help us? The doctor says, Yes, I, I know this woman. She was just in my office a few moments ago. We know her condition. We know the problem. We even know what she needs. We know uh, uh, the diagnosis. I've written her a prescription. In fact, the prescription is in her hand. Javier runs to the woman. He pries open her hand. He takes out the paper, runs back to the, to the doctor. This is what she needs. This is the medicine. Yes, the doctor says, this is the medicine that she needs. But we don't have any of that medicine here in this hospital. Where can we find this medicine the missionary asks her, asks the doctor, well, there's a clinic about two blocks down the street, and maybe they have it, but let me warn you, Mr. Missionary, this medicine is very expensive. It's very expensive. Okay, Javier says, so, so, so you know the lady, you know her condition. This is her prescription. You, you know what she needs. Yes, but we don't have that medicine here. I understand, but maybe they have it at the pharmacy down the street. Yes, but let me warn you again. It's very expensive. Well, how much is it? Well, the, the, the woman needs three pills a day for the next 60 days, and it's, it's $13. And so Javier starts doing the math, and he's figuring, okay, three pills a day at, at, at $13 a pill, and she needs that for, for 60 days. He's looking up Chris Gutierrez's phone number on his phone and see if he can call for a donation. And, and the doctor says, no, 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 it's $13 total for the next 60 days. It's very expensive, he says. Now, the missionary is at the poorer of two hospitals in the third largest city in the second poorest nation in this hemisphere, surrounded by about 40 or 50 people just watching the show. He probably could have taken up an offering and collected $13 amongst the people that were there, even as poor as the place that he was at. Well, fortunately, Javier happened to have about $13 in his pocket. 
And so he ran down the street to the pharmacy with the prescription. He bought the medicine. He returned to the lady. He gave her the medicine. And in about 15 minutes, she was sitting up, having a glass of water, having some food. She got, she got what she needed. And Javier was telling me this story. I said, you know, that, that reminds me of us sometimes. There, there's, a, there's a scene going on, and there's characters in this scene. And sometimes each of us play different parts in this show. Sometimes we're the woman. Sometimes we're the one laying in the trash and, and, and thrashing about back and forth, back and forth, because we're just in a condition. We're sick. We have a sickness in our soul. We have a sickness in our body. There's something going on in our life. And we find ourselves out of control. We find ourselves in trouble. We find ourselves really just, we need some help. Sometimes, and, and I don't know no one here at this church, but in some other churches, in some other places, sometimes we're the, we're the audience. Sometimes we're this 40 or 50 people just standing around waiting for our turn to see the doctor with our hands in our pockets hoping God will meet my needs, but I'm sure not going to reach out to someone else. And as the world thrashes in front of me, I would just as soon watch the show. It's kind of entertaining. Sometimes, again, I know no one here, but sometimes we're the doctor. Sometimes we're the doctor. Well, I know what's wrong with the world. I can tell you everything that's wrong with the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or this law or that law or that state or this color of people or that color of people. But I don't have that medicine here. I don't have a solution for those issues here. Not me. I'm well-trained. I'm smart. But I don't have anything for you. I pray that we would be the missionary. That we would realize that as the, as the world thrashes in front of us, that we actually do have the answer that the world is looking for in our pocket. God has actually given us something that we have that we can share with the world. So oftentimes we have the $13 right in our pocket and it's called the gospel. It's called Jesus. You guys don't have to amen me quite so loud. It's okay. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Your pastor so graciously touched on the subject just a moment ago. We saw the news reports yesterday. We saw the news reports this morning. Not far from here. In this state. And a young man walks into a, a public place and exacts his anger. And it seems like he's exacting that anger because of the color of someone's skin. And we watch the world thrash in front of us. And, and maybe you're like me. Maybe sometimes you wonder, why do these things happen? What, what, what kind of a world do we live in that a man 
who would call himself a man is going to walk into a Walmart with a semi-automatic rifle. If we're going to ask why, we need to also ask another question. As believers, we need to ask ourselves, how should we respond? What should our response be? In this room, with no show of hands, we could probably start a fight pretty easy by figuring out who's Republican, who's Democrat. We won't do that, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. Who would vote this way on a gun law and who would vote this way on a gun law? We, 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 think that, we think that because we love Jesus that everyone around us thinks like we do. We think that everyone here had the same sort of growing up experience, the same sort of coming up experience. And that we all sort of share the same kind of ideology. And it really rocks our world sometimes when you meet somebody who loves Jesus and they're a Republican. Or you meet somebody who loves Jesus and they're a Democrat. Doesn't that just blow your mind sometimes? You're like, how could you like this politician and still call yourself a Christian? You ever heard anybody say that? You ever heard yourself say that? And, and, and why do we do that? We do that because we think that the answer for the world somehow lies in a law book. Or in a political ideology. Or in a, in, a, in a particular system or form of government. Listen, I'm all for, for, for nations of righteousness elevating and providing laws that guard their citizens. That's not my point. My point is, is that the issues of the world around us go far beyond the laws... And they go far beyond the color of our skin. They go far beyond the color of our political party. And they go to the heart of the issue that the world is in front of us and it is sick. And we have the answer in our pocket. If we'll simply get past our political ideology or our racial differences or our economical differences and decide that whatever God has given me, I'm willing to share it with somebody else. We might be able to, 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 to circumvent the next mass shooter because he gets saved. Paul says it right here in Galatians. He says the gospel is. The gospel is. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, I got enough gray hair to remember flannel graph in Sunday school. Any of you guys remember flannel graph, right? Some of you guys are looking like, flannel what? It's not an app, I promise. Back in the day, before you could like video everything, they'd put a piece of carpet up and your mama would cut out little carpet figures of Noah's Ark and Jesus. And you remember all this stuff, right? And my mama would stick it on the board and she'd tell me these stories about these carpet figures. And one of the stories she told me was about this man named Jesus, who was the son of God, who left heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life. We killed him, and he gave up his life on the cross in payment of my sins. And she said this to me. She said, she said, Travis, in, in Honduras, they call me travieso. She said, travieso. Some of you guys will get that joke. She says, travieso. That means like troublemaker. She says, Travis. If you were the only one 
Jesus would have died for you. If you were the only one, he would have died for you. How many of you guys heard that? And this was the gospel, right? You were, said, you were told, this is the gospel. Jesus died for you, even if it was only, well, let me tell you something. That's true that he would have died just for you. But there's another side to that, that he didn't die just for you. He didn't just die for you. He also died for people who are both lighter and darker complected than you. People who have more and less money than you. People who speak different languages than you. People who get married different than you, eat different than you, dress different than you. Jesus died for all of them too. And had it been just them and not you, he still would have died for them. And not, and, but you jumped in as well. And so Paul says that the gospel is... Not just that Jesus died only for you. He says the gospel was foretold to Abraham. Three things, very quickly, that you are, number one, blessed. Number two, to be a blessing. And number three, to all nations. Paul says this is the gospel. This is the good news. You're blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Let's break this down just real quick. First of all, you are blessed. Say this with me. Say, I am blessed. Yo soy bendecido. Right? Yo soy bendecido. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. I feel like the Lord's already preached my whole sermon because Chris was up here talking about this a minute ago. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. While you were still dead, while you were still in sin. We try to clean people up before we bring them to church. I mean, let me, let me move on. We're running out of time. While you were still a mess, Jesus went ahead and died for you then. He forgave 87.5% of your sins. Right? Is that what the Bible says? He forgave 92%, 99.9%. He said he forgave all your sins, 100% of your sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, it's not that we were wrongfully accused, right? I tell, when I go into prison with my father, I tell the inmates there, I don't know what it's like to be incarcerated, but I know what it's like to be guilty. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and it condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Did you hear what I said? You're blessed. You're blessed. How many of you are blessed today? I am blessed. I've been saved. I've been healed. I've been forgiven. I've been set free. I've been delivered. I woke up above the ground today. I got a wife and a son and a family that loves me. But you know the challenge, Pastor, is that sometimes we just forget. We just forget that we're blessed. Not, I mean, I know nobody here, but in some other churches, in some other places. I got a, a, a pastor friend over in New Orleans says, sometimes as Christians, we come to church all broke, busted, and disgusted. It's like, man, we wake up in the morning, and oh, Pastor Chris, oh, my wife didn't cook me breakfast this morning, and she burnt the coffee, and my dog ran away. But you didn't like that dog anyway. And I'm just so sad, and everything is so bad. There, I... I understand. We, we wake up in the morning and sometimes the news slaps us in the face. 
And we see things going on around us. And sometimes we look at that so much that we forget what the Lord has done for me. I was, I was, when I was 16 years old, I went blind in one eye. Completely blind. Doctor told me I'd never see again. My father, my mother, they called all their friends. They had those old-timey phones with the cord that went in the wall, and you had to do the wheel. And they called all their friends, and, and they prayed for me. And I don't remember the exact day, but all I can tell you is like the man in the Bible, I was blind, and now I can see. Right? I was lost, and now I'm saved because God has blessed me. Let us not ever forget that he has blessed us. But why? Why has he blessed us? Even in this nation, we would argue that this is the most blessed nation in the world. Why is that? What, for, for what reason? I mean, you guys, don't get me wrong, you guys are a handsome audience, just full of wonderful, strong, handsome men, beautiful women, and, and maybe God's just blessing you because you're good looking, but maybe God has another purpose, and he goes on in the gospel to say that you are blessed for what, for what reason? To be a blessing. To be a blessing. This is our response as believers. Not to, not to take up arms, but to stand up and say, whatever good that God has done for me, I'm willing to share it with somebody. However way he has blessed me, I'm willing to give that to somebody. The healing he's put in me, I'm willing to give that to somebody. The finances he's given to me, I'm willing to share that with somebody. The life he's given to me, I'm willing to give that away. Because of the gospel, the gospel response is that you are blessed to be a blessing. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You understand, before you came on the scene, God already had, uh, if you ever heard this, God has a plan for your life. Well, what's the plan, right? To give me a Cadillac and a big house? No, man, I'm not saying God's not going to give you a Cadillac. And if he does, call me, I'd like to go for a ride. But if... God is, the plans that God has for you is the good works that you're going to do. God had a plan for us to engage in this maternity house. He had a plan before I got here for us to build a school of missions. He's letting me participate in that. It's, a, it's an honor. Missionary David Livingston said, if we would consider the commissioning of an earthly king an honor, how could we ever consider the commissioning of a heavenly king a sacrifice? Guys, we are blessed to be a blessing. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 20, it says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is there anyone here in Christ? Right? You've, made, you, you, you've, you've believed in Jesus. If you haven't, we're going to do that in just a moment. I'm going to give you that opportunity. But it says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. You're an entirely new creation. How many of you guys, you, you remember some, some old dude that used to keep your name? Right? And, but that's not even the person who's here today. The old has gone. The new is here. This is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. 
as though God were making his appeal through a rise church. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying the appeal to the world, the message to the world around you, the message to, to, the, message to the injured families and the shooter is that Jesus can save your life. That was more amen than I expected on that, to be real honest with you. Nobody likes that idea. Nobody likes the idea of people changing from really, really bad. We just like them once they're good. But the, the gospel is, is that you are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. You have been transformed into a new creation. And God has put authority in your words and in your life that you, that you administer the business of the kingdom as an ambassador on this earth. And that ambassador message is a message of reconciliation for everyone, whether you like them or agree with them or not. And lastly, he says to all nations, you are blessed. Say this with me. I am blessed. To be a blessing to all nations. Mark 16, 15 says, he said to them, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, right? Any disciples of Jesus in here? Jesus is talking to Arise Church and he says, Arise. You could add that right in there, right? That right, Arise. Go into all the world. If you do a, a word study on that word, all, it, in the original Greek, it means all. It's a, one of those tricky kind of, it means go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then they use the same word again, to all creation, which again there means all. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. And I believe in preparation for this message that the Lord wanted me to remind you that, that there may be some here this morning that would say, I don't think I can go through another news story like that and, and, and keep my, my heart, keep my, my hope. I'm losing faith in humanity. And I don't know what to do about it. It's okay if you lose hope in humanity. Just don't lose hope for humanity. Because in Christ, he gives us the good news. And he gives us the gospel. That he can take, he can take an ex-biker like my father. And bring him from the darkest places and bless him so that he can be a blessing. There are, there are ministers all over the United States and all over the world who've told me, I'm in ministry today because of your father. He can be a blessing and he can be that blessing to all nations as he has shared what God has done in his life with many, many nations around the world over and over and over again. And that same truth, that same gospel that was true for my father, 
that, that radically changed the, the trajectory of the Moffat family and heritage from his father to, to him and the change to me, to my son, is the same gospel that exists for you, for your family, if you will take it and walk in the response of the gospel. How do we respond to El Paso? We respond with the gospel. How do we respond to Ohio? We respond with the gospel. How do we respond to California? We respond with the gospel. That I'm what? I'm blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Amen? Let's pray. I'm going to invite Pastor Chris Castillo. If you'll come and sing over us a little bit. You know, the Word of God itself is good. The Bible is good. There's a, there's a mantra in younger generations today in the United States that would want us to question what God has written down for us, His words. I'm going to encourage you to align yourself with the Bible. The Bible would teach us that Jesus is the Son of God, that he left his home like a missionary, heaven, and came to earth. He, he saw us like the lady in the grass, thrashing around, and he, he said, I, I've got the answer. It's going to cost me everything, but I've got the answer. And he came to this earth, and he lived just like you and I, same challenges, struggles, same temptations, the same everything. The Bible would further teach us that he lived a sinless life, not like, not like you and I. We usually don't need somebody to tell us the things that we've done wrong, what our own sins are. We usually know. But Jesus, he, he, he lived a sinless life. He kept every obligation, every fulfillment of the covenant between God and man as both God as well as man so that we would have access to the benefits of that covenant, which is salvation. Many other things, but the greatest of which is the opportunity that we could be brought from death to life, that we could go from being guilty and lost and, and, and deserving of of hell that he by his own blood would justify us and we can access that justification by faith by simply believing the Bible says if you believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead after he gave his life on the cross he was in the grave for three days, and then the Holy Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says if you believe that and you are willing to confess that with your mouth, then you are saved. You're saved. So I'm going to ask you to just 
bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment because I want you to, to just have a private moment with God. This is not about me. This is not about this church. This is a great church. You guys are in a good place. You've got a good pastor. This is not about Arise Church. This is about you and God. And if you're here this morning, or if you're watching this from some other location, you would say, I, I need to be saved. I got a list of sins a mile long. The Bible says that the, the wages of sin is death. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and life more abundantly. He gave up his own life in death so that you wouldn't have to. What a gift. What a, what a gift. Maybe you're here this morning and you come to church all the time or this is your first time, but you need Jesus. Maybe you've walked with him before, but you've slipped away. In either case, if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. If you need Jesus this morning, you say, I need to believe in Jesus again. If there's anybody here, I'm going to invite you to know him today, to receive him today. Is there anybody here? I need to believe in Jesus. I need to come back to Jesus. some here who just need to have some more hope. It's so easy. We see sometimes the world thrashing around us that we lose hope. We begin to align ourselves with that sickness. What's the answer for the world? The gospel is. If you're here this morning and you need just a new hope, a new boldness, not hope in humanity, but hope for humanity, a hope in Christ, a refreshing, a filling of the Holy Spirit, a boldness to not get to not get dragged into some political conversation, but but to 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 stand up for the gospel. If that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you, and then and then I'll turn this back over to your pastor Chris. Let's do it this way. If that's you, just stand up. If you just need some prayer for some hope, I'm going to ask you just to stand up right where you're at. If you need prayer for hope, I don't want to lose hope. That's, that's okay. Just stand up right where you're at. I want to have some hope in Christ. I don't want to lose my hope by watching the world, the sickness of the world around me. If there's someone standing next to you, just reach out a hand on, the, on them. Let's pray for them. Father God, in the name of Jesus, how we appreciate you, how we love you. Thank you, God, for the gospel that we are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Thank you that you have not forgotten us. Thank you that our hope is not in a, a, a government or a political solution. God, you, you certainly work through these means. We understand that. We recognize that. You work through our leaders. 
continue to do so. But God, our hope ultimately is in you, Jesus, above all else. Our hope is in you and it is in your good news in the gospel. Teach us, God. Remind us that we are blessed. Remind us what good you've done for us. Help us to be a blessing to our neighbor right next door to us and to all nations, God. Expand our borders. Expand the borders of this house. Expand the borders of Arise Church. As you have poured out blessing here, continue to do so. And let this house and this church be a blessing to all nations. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with the gospel that you are blessed to be a blessing to all nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.